All right. Well, welcome to the farm. Good to be here. So today I have with me my friend, President Dean Collins, the president of Point University. And we have a little bit of a history um, over the last couple of years. We do. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do? Yeah, well, that's uh, sometimes hard to do. The older you get, there's more to tell. So it's uh, hard to decide what to do. So um, I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a husband. I'm a grandparent. Uh, I'm a college president. Uh, maybe in that order. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, yeah. The, the priorities are the priorities. Uh, grew up in Tampa, Florida. Um, I have five brothers. Uh, we had no sisters. Uh, never thought about going to college, which is interesting, uh, for a college president to say, <laughs> uh, my dad, uh, his father died when he was 10. So, uh, and he was from the Hills of East Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So my dad, uh, quit school at age 10. And, uh, later when he went into the Navy, uh, he got his GED, uh, and did, went to an unaccredited college for a couple of years and, and never finished. My mom also never finished high school. So I say that as backstory because it's, I'm an unusual person to mm. be in higher education with no model of higher education in my family. Right. So, uh, thought I was going to be a, a musician. I play the guitar and sing, and that was kind of the path I was on coming out of high school. And, um, uh, traveled around, sang in a band some, sang in a Christian band later, and at some point realized I probably ought to get an education. So I was living in Atlanta at that time related to the music stuff I was doing, and uh, I went to this little college called Atlanta Christian College uh, and finished there, went on to Auburn University, did graduate work there. I founded lots of different things, mm -hmm. um, campus ministry, um, mental health center, uh, my own business twice, worked in uh, human resources in a large public company, and now I'm a college president. So I've uh, got eight grandchildren, uh, four children, and uh, life's, life's good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thanks for, thanks for sharing all that. Uh, you know, I've got to know each other pretty well over the last couple years, and uh yeah, why don't we just talk about that, like how we got connected, and um, before we kind of jump into this uh, this idea that I proposed to you earlier, just to talk about our your your thoughts around the seasonal growth mindset. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so the way I recall the story was uh, our mutual friend Andre Kennebrew uh, reached out to me. Andre was on staff at uh, Chick Fil A Inc. at the time, has mm -hmm. since retired. And uh, he was a mutual friend, very instrumental in, in my journey, not only, uh, well, learning to become a, a good operator, right. um, but also coming alongside me and helping me develop people mm -hmm. and uh, been fortunate enough to, to produce a couple operators myself out of my restaurant because of some of the stuff that, that Andre and I did together. And so I, I have a lot of uh, debt that I owe to, to mm -hmm. Andre and his friendship and mentorship but uh, he suggested one day, hey, you need to meet Dean Collins. And I said, 
all right, where, you know, who's this guy and where, where do we go meet? And, you know, as I mentioned to you earlier, if, if Andre told me I needed to, you know, go anywhere, I would have just gone, you know, That's just, right. just trust and, uh, that, that type of friendship and relationship. So, um, so I went down to Point University and, uh, you and I connected that day and, and had tacos together and, uh, just, uh, had some really great conversation. One of the things that I did not expect, uh, and that was, uh, you just talked about it a minute ago, but I did not expect the college president to be as entrepreneurial as you are. <laughs> um, and so, you know, uh, that was a very, um, uh, neat thing to, to experience. And just in our conversation, we, we talked about a lot of entrepreneurial ideas and, and thoughts. And so as the day went on, uh, we uh, started talking about a, a program that I was a part of developing for Chick-fil-A, uh, Lean 365. And I was on the operator panel at the time. And, and I just had this idea like, hey, what if we could offer a college credit mm -hmm. to people that participate in this program? And it would do two things. It would help us. Uh, attract talent or, or team members to the program of lean 365 and because they'd get some free college credit mm -hmm. just for participating in it. But then it would give point mm -hmm. a feeder program for potential students. Right. And so um, we kind of put our heads together on that and we, we were able to, to make that work. And then fast forward, a, I don't remember exactly how long it was, but you know, a couple months yeah. and, we, uh, we ended up having some conversation about what if we could validate Chick-fil-A training um, for college credit. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know that I want to record this for all the world to hear, right. but I, I'll just say that uh, sometimes I do things that, um, you know, just do it and ask for forgiveness later. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. so we uh, I have a I have a dean mm -hmm. of uh, an academic dean of college uh, of a college of university on my staff at uh, Chick-fil-A Rock Mart, who uh, was able to go in and kind of validate all of our Chick-fil-A mm -hmm. training and, and pathway training. And uh, and so because of that, it's uh, an accredited uh, program that, that uh, you guys were able to go in and accredit and validate. And so now our team members can receive uh, an entire semester's worth of credit mm -hmm. just for completing the training that they have to do anyway. Right. And so we're really excited about that. And then um, I'll, I'll let you take over the story from from here. I just asked you one day. I said, you know, would it it would would it be possible for us to be able to just say like, hey, if you come work for me, you can go to school for free, right? And I think that prompted your thought process. And then let's talk about where it went from there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, in the higher education right now, it's a really tough season. Mm. We'll get into seasons. Yes. And college presidents are uh, figuring out that you better be creating or figuring out how to do education differently. Mm -hmm. And I've been at that a while because it was from a small university that had some struggles. And we were trying to figure out how to stay in the game, how to get in the game, how to change things. And so our conversation um, got me thinking, not just about uh, trying to figure out what learning objectives you're teaching that I can validate, mm -hmm. but how could we really provide a debt-free education? Mm 
mm-hmm. for a team member or mm-hmm. an employee if you're in another business. And uh, as I noodled on that, it, you know, it it's impossible, right? Somebody has to pay the professor, mm-hmm. et cetera. But what, what I started thinking about was, could there be a flat fee that I could pay or that a business could pay the college? And, and I have certain assumptions that uh, for that fee, I could educate a certain number of people. And that program, uh, after a lot of thought and talking to you, talking to a lot of operators, doing a lot of financial modeling, we figured out that there was a way to answer your question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it probably can't be uh, answered individually. Mm-hmm. So if I was only doing this with you, the fee would be much greater than if I can do it with many like you. Right. And so um, uh, that's kind of what happened. And as we were talking a few minutes ago, I mean, this thing has gone from ideation to a business that's generating over a million dollars in, in revenue already mm-hmm. and growing that gives me uh, income that I then push through the university to pay professors mm-hmm. and offer this education right. and transform people's lives. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so that's kind of, kind of the short version of, of what's happened and it's uh, creating new challenges, you know, right. um, all of our seasons have some challenges that come yeah. with them. Right. Yeah. When, Absolutely. when all the, uh, you know, I'm not a farmer, so I'll probably pick the wrong crop here, but when all the corn needs picked, <laughs> right. You know, there's a moment you got to get busy and pick, right. It's going to fall off the uh, stock at right. some point and be, right. be useless. So, yeah. And I think, uh, that's kind of the season that we're in right now is, is this harvest season. I yeah. mean, it's scramble. It's, yeah. it's call everybody you can to come help pick it because, you know, we, there's, there's a seat, there's a time for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we'll talk about that maybe here in just a moment, but kind of shifting gears back to um, one of the things that I really like to talk about here is this, this idea of a, of a seasonal growth mindset. And so we could probably talk about so many illustrations of that through just our interactions Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years, but you know, feel free to go on a, personal level or talk about business or talk about the university, but I love to really help people see that adversity is also opportunity for growth. And so as I often share here and just reiterate over and over again on this podcast is that the, the model of growth that our world perpetuates is just this, you know, growth over time is up and to the right and just mm-hmm. continuous. And it's every month has to be better than the month before. Every week has to be better than the week before. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, all metrics have to be continuously growing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's unsustainable. Right. It creates so much pressure that creates anxiety and depression and, you know, all kinds of stuff that we're mm-hmm. seeing. I mean, mental health mm-hmm. is one of the biggest crises our nation is facing Absolutely. and will continue to face into the future. And I just really feel called to perpetuate this message of seasonal growth mindset, because I think what it does is it reframes the way that we think about growth. And so when I ask people like you, who are very successful people from a worldly standpoint, to share 
your winter season, to share a storm that you've been through, to share a crisis that you, you know, as we use nature terminology to talk about it, whether it was a hailstorm or a tornado or a hurricane or, Mm -hmm. or it was just a, a long drawn out winter season where you felt like you were outside in the cold, naked and afraid or, Mm -hmm. you know, something, Mm -hmm. but yet you can look back and see how that was such an opportunity for growth in your life. And, uh, and when we reframe our thinking around that, I really feel like this, this message is, is to help others in their growth journey Mm -hmm. to, to see adversity as opportunity for growth Mm -hmm. and not spiral downward into depression or anxiety or whatever. And so take a moment, uh, to think about that, share, um, again, personal business, academic, whatever you'd like to share. Would just love to hear your perspective on a winter season. Um, Well, one thing that I would say is um, as hard as we all try to segment, you can't segment successfully. Mm. So the the seasons that you experience personally Mm -hmm. are going to flow into your business and the seasons that you experience in business Mm. are going to flow into the personal and the family dynamics. Absolutely. So, you know, the first two things that came to my mind is, uh, you know, my family of origin, um, you know, there were, there was crisis and lean seasons there. You know, when I was uh, uh, junior in high school, I came home uh, last day of school uh, and my dad was at the house and said uh, that my mother and my younger brother were moving to another city for the summer and that he was uh, going to be living elsewhere because he had a new relationship with a, mm. another person. And I was kind of on my own. Mm. And uh, that being on my own at 16, <laughs> you mm. know, wow. I, I was going to have uh, a vehicle to drive, but I was given no instructions about <laughs> about my life. Right. And... Um, and I was in a rock band at the time mm. and we were doing pretty well with a couple of them were in college. A couple of us were in high school coming into my senior year. That was a dangerous moment that, that season, because uh, had I chosen to take advantage of that and I started down that road, I don't really know what would have happened to my life. But in that shock of scarcity of a family system, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, there's, there's nobody making decisions. It's you. I, uh, I got a phone call and that phone call was from a, um, a pastor who happens to be blind. That's uh, a whole different story who lived in Cocoa beach, Florida. I was living in Tampa and out of the blue in this phone call, uh, he says, would you like to come and work for me this summer and be my, um, summer youth minister. Mm. Now, again, I'm 16 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I played the guitar uh, and he's offered me a job. He says, now we don't really have people your age in our youth group. He said, they're all elementary kids and middle school kids. Mm-hmm. He said, we're two uh, blocks from the beach, you know, from the Atlantic Ocean. Why don't you come down? He says, I've scraped together some families that would, uh, 10 families that would pay you $10 uh, a week. And um, 
you can uh, live with one of the members in the church. And I said, well, let me think about it. I don't think I was wise enough to pray about it, but I, <laughs> I thought about it for two or three days and realized I need to do this. Mm. Now that, that scarce moment mm -hmm. produced a need to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And fortunately I made the right one mm -hmm. because that not only occupied my time, mm -hmm. it gave me a purpose, you know, in mm -hmm. working with these young people, it put, other adults in my life mm -hmm. that were kind of speaking into me and that changed the trajectory of my life mm. but it i don't know that it, any of those things or maybe even what i'm doing today would have happened had that scarce barren mm. fearful moment mm -hmm. when you realize you're on your own yeah you know, so that's the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. The second thing is similar and it does relate to business. So I was running a counseling center. I had founded it, had a medical director. Uh, we had about 15 therapists. We were in six different locations around Atlanta. And um, I was uh, doing that full time. But part of what I was doing is... Um, a little bit of coaching and training of executives who had come to me initially because of the therapy sort mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a new CEO of a, a software company in Atlanta that was probably doing about 60 million in revenue at the time. And he asked me to be his executive coach. And I don't say no to friends. And mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'm not exactly sure what this is, but, but I'll do this. And I started leading him through as a part of what we were doing. Uh, he's a spiritual man. He's a Christian. He wanted some spiritual development. How, how do I run my business as a believer? Mm -hmm. And I was leading him through this book, a workbook called Experiencing God. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's Henry a, Blackby, right? Yeah, Blackby. Yeah. And, and there's a chapter in there that talks about the crisis of belief. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of going at this with him. And he looked at me and he said, I think you're having a crisis of belief. And I said, excuse me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he said, you're, you have this nonprofit business that you're running. He said, and um, I think you're kind of hiding there mm -hmm. in a way. He said, and I think if you would be willing to step out and step into the business world, you know, dealing with people like me, the amount of uh, influence you could have in the kingdom would be dramatically different. Mm. But it, I mean, I had to decide to either stay with the mental health thing and the counseling thing or take this leap of faith into something he was describing that I didn't know what it even looked like, what that mm -hmm. would mean. And uh, I did pray about that one. Mm -hmm. And uh, about a week later, I resigned from uh, my role as executive director, uh, told my board that I feel like God's calling me over here. I had no income mm -hmm. other than he was willing to pay me a contract fee to help something in his business. And that uh, move that I made led to me later becoming an executive in another uh, company 
and all of the business training and the flourishing of that season of my life happened again in this isolated, dark moment of a single decision mm-hmm. that I had to make stepping out in faith. Wow. Yeah. So I could certainly extrapolate some of the the key growth things that happened there, but to our listeners, which, you know, I don't know if there's three people listening to yeah. this or a hundred, then it doesn't matter yeah. to me. I don't even look at the metrics, yeah. but, but for those that are listening, what would you say to them that uh, are just those, those lessons mm-hmm. that in, when you're faced with those moments, what is it that they need to do to help them make the right decision? Yeah. Well, one, um, understand that you're going to face those moments. Mm -hmm. They might not be exactly like my moment, Mm -hmm. but there are going to be empty, scary, barren Mm -hmm. moments where you are alone and you're the only person that could make the decision. And uh, when those moments happen, uh, one needs to pause (laughs) Mm -hmm. and one needs to pray. And one needs to look to God's word, you know, mm-hmm. to help inform. But you cannot choose to not decide. You, mm-hmm. you still have to make a decision and, and know that when you make that decision, the Lord will go. He goes with you. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he never abandoned you. You know, I was thinking about the story of Joshua just the other day and when they were about to go into the the promised land, the, the promise was that every it was every step that he took was going to be new ground that the children of Israel were going to have. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't have the ground yet, right. and they were never going to get the ground unless they took the step. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you pray, uh, you seek, but you do. You have mm-hmm. to take the step. Uh, recently, I was tell, talking to someone, and I said, clarity comes through taking the step of faith. Clarity Mm -hmm. doesn't come waiting for some magic picture to be drawn. This Mm -hmm. is how you do it. Mm -hmm. You have to take the step. I don't know if that made sense. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just that step of faith. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thanks for being a little transparent and vulnerable here. No problem. So uh, we'll pick another season. Okay. Um, So your choice you know, spring, summer, fall. Um, what do you want to talk about? Well, um, I think harvest is the, so was, is that summer or fall? Depends That's, on what you're growing, yeah, right? Yeah, for the most part, it's we'll call it fall. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So flourishing, um, it also creates crises, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, you, you, you plant but you have no guarantee of what you, the production value that those seeds bring mm-hmm. because different, you know, weather events mm-hmm. happen, mm-hmm. You, you know, you mess up with, uh, with your fertilizer or your pest control or something mm-hmm. and it alters your crop. But if you have this big old crop, um, your problem isn't over. You, mm-hmm. In fact, it requires action again and it, often requires some uh, long hours and some teamwork and some bringing others into the, mm-hmm. into the conversation or you can't get it harvested. And, you know, and 
the program we were talking about just a minute mm-hmm. ago. That's the moment we're in where there's so much interest mm-hmm. in, in, uh, uh, educating employees, you know, not only so that I can keep them, but I can develop them. That's creating uh, me as a as a president to have to step back uh, to assess different parts of my business that I need to add talent to. It it requires that I'm willing to ask questions because I don't have all the answers for this moment. We we were together with some other. Uh, of your friends this morning, thinking about what are some of the things we've got to sort through in order to accommodate this growth. So, um, you know, be careful what you, uh, ask for and dream (laughs) about because it might happen and it might happen quicker than you realize it. And you're going to need somebody else. You can't, anybody that thinks they can run their business or run their family in isolation is a fool. Yeah, that that's yeah. a foolish thing. You have to open up, and and bring together the community of people that you trust mm-hmm. to to help uh, to help harvest. Yeah. So what I what I hear you saying, and and it's just such a great point, and it, it's illustrated in our friendship and our relationship. It's like just relationships are the key, mm. and community. You know, not so lesson for those that are out there, you know, younger folks listening, like not burning bridges. Um, I cannot tell you the number of times that I've had team members that, you know, quit and just burnt the bridge, like, Mm -hmm. you know, full scale nuclear bomb on the bridge on the way out the door. And it's like, and then 10 years later, they're knocking on the door and I'm just like, "Um, I'm sorry. Like, no, we're not rehiring you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, even if you don't have the best of experiences, you know, taking the high road mm-hmm. and not burning that bridge yeah. and saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bow out gracefully mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, it may be personal. It may be, yeah. uh, you know, just any, any circumstance, but um you never know when you're going to need to call in, you know, those relationships to help you harvest mm-hmm. the the bumper crop that yeah. you're experiencing. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that I've learned over the years of just, you know, winning friends and influencing people to to, to steal the you know, Dale Carnegie. Yeah. <laughs> but, one, one of the things that uh, you just triggered for me is. Uh, you know, we think about these seasons relative to our to our business or our family or our personal life, but our relationships go mm-hmm. through seasons too. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you abort uh, that relationship uh, too early, you never see the fruit of what that relationship may produce Ooh, for you or for good. somebody else. <laughs> that's good. And so, um, you know, people that are open and honest tend to be able to build relationships of trust mm-hmm. quicker. Mm-hmm. And so for you and I, that happened because, you know, we both knew the Lord. We, we had a common friend that we trusted. So, so we kind of had the jump start. Mm-hmm. but that first meeting, we were planting seeds. We mm-hmm. didn't know what those seeds were. We had no idea we'd yeah. be sitting here today. <laughs> <That's talking. right. laughs> we had we, so, we had no picture. Right. But I was investing in you. 
Because I remember the first question I asked you was when you came to my office is, what's the biggest problem you're having in your business? Mm -hmm. And you said, it's the turnover I have of my team members. Mm -hmm. And in particular, when they go away to college. Mm -hmm. So I, I engaged in the seed of how do I help you solve that problem? Mm -hmm. But I didn't know the answer and mm -hmm. you didn't know the answer. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, a couple of years later, there's, there's been, uh, you know, we went from spring to summer and now we're in harvest. It's been accelerated. Right. Right. And I think it would be wise for anybody that is listening to understand, to, to nurture the seeds of the mm. friendships and relationships they're building because they're going to grow something. Yes. And if you're not careful, they're going to grow some weeds if you don't yeah. choose your friends well. <laughs> yes, yes. I love that thought. And I'll just to add to that, like, I think for me, I would rather extend trust and be taken advantage of mm -hmm. than live a life that's so closed off and not extending trust that I don't build relationships. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I would tell you that living in that way with, you know, somewhat of an, an abundance mindset, mm -hmm. you talked about scarcity earlier, like those that spiral into that scarcity mm -hmm. mindset due to any circumstance could potentially do that. But, you know, they tend to live closed off and so protective and they build these walls mm -hmm. of protection around themselves that they don't open up and they don't um, foster and cultivate mm -hmm. friendships and those seeds of, of mm -hmm. relationship because they're so afraid of, of getting hurt. And, you know, I've been hurt. Mm -hmm. I've been burned. Sure. But I can count on, you know, really probably one hand, the number of times that I've really been burnt in a mm -hmm. relationship and it only happens once. Like, yeah. I, like you're only going to burn me once and then I'm just not, you know, I'm not yeah. going to give you another opportunity to do it. Right. So I'm going to approach that relationship with the, um, you know, just the, 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 the thought and the perspective that this, this could grow something mm -hmm. and this could produce fruit mm -hmm. and, uh, and be a little transparent and vulnerable yeah. in that. So um, any Final closing thoughts? Yeah, I, I think kind of tagging off of what you just said, the seasons of flourishing are not sustainable. I mean, so once you have a harvest, it's that's not the end. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> in fact, in the harvest, there's there's going to be new challenges, new moments of scarcity, either shortage of workers, shortage of something. You yeah. Know? And so be open to the reality that life is a continuous process until we take our last breath. Mm. And by the way, that's not your last breath. It's just the last one here. Right. 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 So um, uh, don't get discouraged within when seasons of flourishing happen and and you still have a difficulty. That's just mm -hmm. part of how things work. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we can get through that. So absolutely. Well, I certainly appreciate your time. Yeah. Uh, it's been a it's been a fun day. Um, we've been hanging out all day on the farm and yeah. um, just looking forward to seeing where God continues to take this this thing that that uh, He's created. Absolutely, and uh, and that we're just a part of, and uh, and our friendship and relationship. Yeah. So same here. You. 
That's it. Thanks for letting me share my thoughts. Yes, sir. All right.